Hello. And welcome. I'm Holly Lyons. I'm Luke Job, And I'm Thorin George. And this is Modular. The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the 5th edition of Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. These are the pre-written stories made up by the folks who made up D&D. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. And today, we're joined by a very special guest, our new editor, Holly Lyons. Yes, and I'm here to host our first season recap episode. We have lots of fun questions from our audience, we have some sneak peeks at what's to come, and we get to hear about Thorin's feelings on the story and Luke's thoughts on why he told the story the way he did. It's going to be a lot of fun, but you should be warned, Modular is not a show for kids. We will likely use explicit language in this episode, so please be warned. Now without further ado, welcome to Modular. And our season recap for the Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. think you know truth being told um not the biggest fan no just kidding um i actually had a really good time um you know the twists and turns i honestly didn't see coming um kind of took me by surprise uh do i feel a little dumb for it yeah you know definitely the signs were there and definitely in the back of my mind i would be like what do you mean you didn't sign up for this this is literally the job you signed up for like as an adventurer like, you know what I mean? So, like, um, but it was, still, it was still a good time, you know? Um, I honestly was hoping that Quinn would come back to my side at the very end because I did not want to kill him, but I was I was fully I was fully ready to. Um, and I think there was a good arc. I think there were good character arcs for everybody. Um, do wish I got more, like, of, like, a Smaug in the Desolation of Smaug scene with the dragon, but that's okay. You know what I did get was cool? Uh, white dragons. Not the best dragons to talk to. Maybe next time we'll fight a red one. Maybe. Yeah, I definitely thought that the dragon... So, you know, I, I worked hard to build up this this big arc between you and Quinn and Lairbule. And it was, like, so awesome. And I'm really fucking proud of it. But it did make the, the titular dragon kind of fucking lame. Yeah, no, I definitely felt like... The, the penultimate fight probably should have been the final one, if that makes sense. Like, because ultimately that one had more... Yeah, but like, how would I even... I, yeah. I, Quinn needed to be by your side when you fought Cryovane. Yeah. And like, that's how you knew he was... He was with you, you know? Like, he... Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. I, I still... I'm still really happy with the product we've created. No, 100%. I, I definitely... I wouldn't have had it happen any other way, you know? And, you know, I got, we got some cool stuff in there, you know, uh, I liked, well, I'll, I'll talk about, I'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, I really liked all the side characters too. You know, they were really cool. I know a bunch of the characters that you, uh, made NPCs were actually sidekicks that I could have picked for, off of, um, because, you know, some of them, you know, we did try in, uh, previous takes that just didn't work out. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I ultimately thought that was really cool because it was like, you know, that was a little that was a little bit of world building right there, you know, because it's like, hey, these people still exist even though technically they don't. You didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not in the module as written. Yeah. But yeah, you can work them in, and so you know, still just a message to the DMs. If you want more interesting NPCs to flesh out Fandolin, go back to that modules. I mean, not that modules, that sidekicks uh, page, because there's, I think, 10 of them. And I used Quinn and I used Inverna. And that was all I got out of there. But that's eight other people I could have put in there. There's like five yeah, spellcasters, some rogues. I mean, Pickled Pete never even showed up. Pickled Pete was in our original episode. Ah, dude, just you, Just you wait. So if you listen back to the session zero, I end it by saying our neck, our first episode is going to pick up with you doing a job interview, but that's not how the first episode picks up because we recorded that episode. And then at the very end of it, Thorin said, I fucking hate that. I hate that so much. Yeah. Oh my God. It was awful. It was so bad. It was like so cringy. It was very cringy, but it was, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was cringy. It was like, it wasn't serious. It was like, it was forced. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like. I, I liked how nothing really in in what we did this season was forced, you know, because it was like everything was just kind of it just kind of it just kind of flowed, it just kind of happened. It was it was all it was literally all improv, you know, like there was nothing scripted out, save for like that flashback scene. And even then, yeah. you just told me the gist of what was going to happen. I didn't like have any specific lines of what I was going to say. Right, right, right. Yeah. So let's get Holly in on this. Yeah, Holly. Being being essentially an outsider looking in, at least for the season, right? Like because you you would hear episodes earlier than some other people, but that doesn't mean you were, you know, you weren't the one with the brush and you weren't the nude model out in front of me. So what did you think? Yeah, and just uh, just a note for everybody. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, I was naked every session that we recorded. Um, so it Luke literally was uh, working with a nude model. Your openness amazes me. Um, uh, <laughs> editing this thing was like a whole different beast. It was, you know, I felt like I was like along for the ride and I felt like there were some surprises that I feel like I wouldn't, I don't know. I'm glad I didn't get to experience it with everybody else. I feel like that little bit of time, getting that like little bit of like a, I, I want to say preview, it gave me time to process my emotions. And trust me, there were a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, Holly sent me a Snapchat and where she was like crying and she's like, I can't believe this shit just happened. It was crazy. <laughs> it was. It was a very emotional time. Just because What what was that? What was that moment? <sighs> the Quinn reveal. That yeah. did it for me. And like sitting there, I was like editing and I was like, Oh my gosh, I had to sit back in my chair and I was like almost as pissed as Thorin. I was so oh my god, I was so mad. My buddy Aaron texted me and he said, I am angrier than Thorin. He's like, I promise you I'm angrier than Thorin. So, yeah, I was pretty upset. Yeah. I was like, wow. So, Listening back to that episode, I got really fucking sad because I knew, you know, you hit the, the penultimate episode and you think Quinn is just this traitor. And then you get to the, the finale, of course, which you have now all heard, and Quinn is, in fact, like being held hostage, essentially. Like, he's not a part of this gang, uh, at least not in the same way. And so when I said in the episode, you know, make an insight check on Quinn, and I said he's fighting back tears, that shit 
fucks me up because like I created this little character who I know is in so much pain because he does love Bradley. Like clearly he loves Bradley, but he's like, they're going to fucking off my mom if I don't do this. Like I, I'm being a mama's boy. Like I know like, like the, the, the terrible shit I would do to keep my mother safe. Oh, absolutely. So, I don't know. It just, it, like I, I get why everyone else was mad at that moment. But for me, knowing the whole arc and listening back, I was just fucking sad. Well, that's like the great thing. I think not only just about this podcast, but I think D&D in general, I think it's all like an onion. It all has layers. So there's like little things, you know, (laughs) yeah, little things that you might not pick up on like your first listen, but then you go back and you're like, oh my gosh, there's like all these little nuances. These characters have like these feelings and it's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy to watch. Yeah. I completely get that because it's like, as Thorin, I was furious, you know? But then I also had to think, like, well, how would, you know, Bradley react in this situation? And, like, I feel like the the calm, the calm quietness, really, I mean, ultimately, if that had been me, you know, that's how I would have also reacted. I would have been like, well, fuck, I guess, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you said you Bradley's, like, he throws snow on the fire. He gets on the back of his horse, and he rides towards Vandalin. Like, what? What else is he yeah. gonna do? Is, is like, yeah, what else he's gonna, is he like, gonna punch a tree? Do? He's gonna start sobbing. He's gonna yeah. shit himself. Like, like, you know, if you're ready, you know, if if you're gonna kill me, just do it. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. Yeah. Um, or rather, that's what he said. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the in the recordings, Bradley kind of took over. You know. Yeah. So we love that. I, ca- I actually blacked out uh, through, through most of the session, so I had to listen again, uh, and I was just as surprised as everybody else, you know, hearing it for the first time. Really, man. I mean, like I've that that video was posted, like without the audio. Yeah, it's on our TikTok. You can see Thorin's like genuine reaction. Oh it's, my god. Oh god, I was. <laughs> it was so fun for me, and I said in the audio, I was like, I was shaking. I I like I had to like stealthily get my phone out from under my ass, I had to like pull it up and reveal this to you. I was freaking the fuck out, so. Yeah, you did that. I did not even notice. You did that so, like, stealthily. <laughs> yeah. Like, good job. But, I mean, we're focusing a lot on, you know, that, that big Quinn reveal. And I do think that's, like, the biggest moment of the show, right? Like, I yeah. had friends so I had friends texting me, and what do you mean so far? Well, I mean, because there's more of the show to go. Oh, like. So, I guess the biggest moment of this season. This season, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um. My power just flickered. Oh, God. oh fuck. <laughs> I hope I hope my Wi-Fi doesn't go out. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, if you, I mean, if that's like the, the moment for you, right? And you listen back to this, because like I've listened to the first arc of the Adventure Zone. I've listened to that like three times now, which is like so much of my life minutes, but whatever. And there's there's things you're going to catch in any story. You know, I've also, I've read reread Game of Thrones now like two and a half times. And there's certain things that just point you, like the Red Wedding. Like, there are so many little signposts that are pointing you there. And I had so much fun, like, planning those side signposts along the way. Oh, man. (sighs) Yeah, no, no, no. Definitely, like, listening back, I, you know, I can pick, you can pick up on it now. You know, like, oh, well, he said this, he said this, you know. And, like, you can definitely. When, like, when he says, he doesn't say my mom's dying or my mom's sick. He says my mom's in danger. Yeah. That's the first thing he said. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably like the fun part about, I mean, I, I've never DM'd or anything, but I feel like that would be the fun part of being a DM is just like pointing, po- <laughs> pointing these characters. Oh my God. It's so much fun. 
like just like knowing what's supposed to happen next but nobody else knows yeah. and it's like <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely fun and i think so like obviously if you just read dragon of ice fire peak cover to cover first off it's like 10 pages it's not very long at all maybe 15 <laughs> if you read that there isn't a story it's just mission 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 a few side missions and then you you just fight the dragon that's what happens and it's like you i had to put some sort of story in there that was like wholly my own and and you know next story i dm and, and like when thorin dms there's going to be a little bit of that but I think this is the only module that has, like, just no real plot. And all the others, yeah. you know, I, I really wanted to, I, what I'm saying is I really wanted to have fun with this. And I was like, I'm going to make this character-driven story for Bradley to, to give, like, bring him full circle with this huge thing uh, in his past. And, and Thorin set me up so well because he's making this character and he says, he's just like, oh, he used to have a, a gang when he was a kid. Oh, and by the way, he turned on one of the dudes in his gang and ratted him out to the cops and he went to prison for a long time. And also he really likes jazz and yada, 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 and just kept going. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, he has just given me the ammunition I need to really make this a fun yeah. adventure. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you're just taking notes like, mm, okay. oh yes, jazz, of course. Yes, yes. yes. Um, so, so I think we're going to segue this somehow, not really segue. I guess we're going to move this into, into questions from the audience. Um, but I had some. Que I had a couple okay. questions first. Um, so, um, as you know, technical participants, I mean, because you were the DM and and Holly, you were the editor. What were your favorite moments from the season? Holly, you go first. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Just because, like, before I was editing, I was listening, and like, I love you guys. I, I I'll say that. But like, I'm gonna love everything you do. But there were certain parts where I was like. I'm really enjoying this, but after we had that big Quinn reveal, I was like, okay, bad, bad egg. I'm done with him. Dead to me. Dead to me. Um, but then after the Lairbule fight and we find out like his whole backstory, like the shit with his mom and like finding out that he's actually a good egg, that made my heart happy. And I was like, yes, we were rooting for you. Yeah, <laughs> it was just, it was good for me. I, I liked it. Oh, yeah. I think so. Once again, like me knowing everything, quote unquote, I think some of my favorite moments were the things I didn't know that Thorn gave to me. So one of those same scene or set of scenes when you are acting like you're about to kill Quinn and you've got the knife in your hand. I was on the edge of my fucking seat because I was like, I was like, if he does this, so many people are going to be <laughs> mad at him. But me personally, like, I can't blame him. How can you trust this guy to now help you fight a dragon when you just spent the past month with him and he was lying to your fucking face and did all this? So, like, that was huge for me. I think also, and, and I, I don't... Well, and you see, that's the difference you know, it, between it Bradley and Lairbule is that Bradley doesn't hold grudges. And that, that and exactly that. I was like, that, that was my worry. I, I was so scared because I was like, that really undoes Bradley's arc if he kills him. And that's why I was so scared... But of course you put the knife down because Bradley was the good egg. Lairbule was the bad one. It's like they had the same thing happen to them yeah. and they chose different paths. And and I just Exactly. It's it was kinda 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 poetic. In a, a bit way. poetic. A bit you poetic. Know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bit poetic. <laughs> um another one of my favorite moments um is that we followed 
Bradley's virginity arc. And I, you know, I, like, I, I thought it was... <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know why I made that happen. I just well, kinda, I, so I, here's, you know? here's one, one thing. I'm really glad you did it. Because if Bradley was just, like, some player who had, like, gone all over Faerun and had slept with all these women and didn't have a care in the world, like most bards, you know, in D&D tropes present, yeah. it would really dehumanize him. And so for you to be like, it's this rich guy. We know he's good looking. He looks just like Bradley Cooper. He's got fucking magical powers. Yeah. He kicks ass in fights. He can. He's like talented as hell and can sing well. Max Hedman, thank you. Yeah, shout out to my boy Max Hedman. It's like he's got all these things, and yet still he's never had any luck with the ladies. And so that already I loved. And then him and Elsa... And and their night in the in the inn, I loved that shit. And I was like, what a like, good little like miniature arc for Bradley to go through. Yeah, no, it was it was fucking phenomenal for me personally. But then um, we also have to address the absolute heartbreak of you leaving Fandolin and and never seeing yeah. Elsa again. So far, yeah, so far. Um, will we ever bring Bradley out of retirement? Who knows? Not me. We do know because at the end of last episode. If you cut off the, the podcast where I do, which is the, the closing song after I've given the outro or Thorne's given the outro, then you wouldn't have caught it. But if you listen to all the way to the end of our finale, you actually learn that Bradley and Inverna are going to have more adventures in the future. Oh, are they really? I, I'm going to be real. I didn't listen that far. Wow. Fake fan. Because um, I, wasn't, I wasn't the one who, who edited it. You know, normally like... You didn't edit it and you didn't record it. Like before... I would edit the podcast so I'd know everything that happens. But now that I'm like not in charge of editing anymore, I just, I just, you know, I, I just listen like everybody else. Yeah. So no, I didn't know. That's a surprise to me. Holy shit. Yeah. So there's there's three companion adventures with Dragon of Ice Spire Peak, and there's one mission that we didn't run. Uh, well, there's actually three missions that we didn't run, but two of those are on our YouTube. The other one I want to run with Bradley and Inverna. Um, so there's a lot of oh, fun. Yeah. Maybe Bradley will end up with Elsa. We can we can only hope. Oh, well, I didn't get to talk about my favorite. So part. with that, Holly, you want to uh, hit us with some questions? Oh, okay. No, that's, yeah. no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't care about your favorite. No, part. no, we can just move on to the questions. It's an <laughs> What's your favorite part, Thorne? Okay, so my favorite part, definitely, um, it's not really one whole part, but it's definitely sessions like eight through to the end, um, or really um, the second half of the season. Seven, yeah, seven through to the end. Um, so. Sorry, I really liked Seagull. Um, you know, R.I.P. Um, miss that little bastard. Um, yeah, pour one out for a real one. Yeah, straight up. Um, I definitely liked all of the development that happened through those parts. Um, I especially liked my solo mission uh, in the mansion. I definitely feel like, you know, because I was, because it doesn't really sound like it when you're listening, but I was trying really hard to figure out what the fuck to do. I was like, oh god, I'm in way over my head. Oh fuck, I, my bard is my bard sucks ass. Oh god, I'm gonna die. And then I end up like totally going all, you know, fucking Bruce Wayne on their asses. And it's like, okay, well, I can handle myself. Fuck yeah, hell yeah. And I didn't even realize I could do that, you know. So that that that's probably that specific. The mansion, uh, the whole mansion scene is probably my favorite, like absolute favorite. Nice of the entire season thus far. Yeah. Yeah, I was proud of you. Cause I mean, if you had if you had been a barbarian, 
It'd been like, uh, oh, that would have been piece I, of I cake. fucking run in there and I hit them all. You know, I'm not worried yeah. about going Shit, down. I mean, literally, literally any other class besides maybe like sorcerer or wizard because I would have been super squishy. Yeah, like I would have felt comfortable taking them one on one on four or one on nine. Yeah, but the way that I had had Bradley set up at that point, I was like. I'm I'm not getting out of this alive. Yeah. Like I I was thinking that the entire time. I was like, how the fuck are we going to continue the podcast when I die? Yeah, and I was thinking, how am I going to retcon it when he drops to zero? Like, yeah. What's but I, I had a plan for that. Um, oh, okay. Well, that's good. Cool. Awesome. I'm proud of you, buddy. You survived that shit. All right. Thanks. Now I think we're good to go into some listener questions. All right, guys. There were a good amount. I'm really pleased. Um, so one of the first, and this was like, you know, something that people asked, um, and not everyone who's like, not everyone is versed in D&D. So yeah. general audience question, um, they want to know the difference between a natural roll and a dirty roll. Thorin, you want to do that? Yeah. Um, so a natural roll is what the dice, what the die reads, right? Um, so like when you say, oh, I rolled a natural 20, that means you rolled the die and it landed on a 20. Um, which is the highest, which is it, the can highest it can get because it's, it's a D20. It's a, it's a 20-sided die. Um, and then a dirty roll is going to be like the roll plus your modifiers. So say I, I rolled a 15, but I have a plus 5 in something. That's a dirty 20. Right. And so Because it's not, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a natural one. It's not a clean one. It's a dirty one. Yeah. It's a little dirty boy. And so the reason why it usually comes up, because nobody's ever going to say... Um, well, I guess you could say, uh, scratch that. The reason why it comes up so much with 20s is because if you just said, I rolled a 20, then in combat, especially, a 20 carries extra weight. It means you're going to do double damage, which is great. But so if you just say, I rolled a 20, but you meant a dirty 20, and then I am saying, okay, now it's double damage, and then you're like, wait, no, blah, 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 then it gets a little confusing. So if you say yeah. natural 20, it's like, oh, shit. You're doing double damage. Dirty 20, I'm not doing double damage, but I still probably hit that son of a bitch. Yeah. So it's it's good to distinguish, especially for 20s. Yeah, oh, especially for 20s. Okay, thanks, guys. Um, so our next question is from Brennan Kane Nuccio. Luke, how do you keep track of all of your voices? Okay. He doesn't. So there were so many times he slipped up. That, that's. Oh, my God. That was my answer. Yeah, so I don't really keep... There's a few voices that I'm never going to get wrong. And I think it's because they're so distinct. But it's when I do more normal voices, that's going to fuck me. So, like, Toblin just being basic British, that's... British is hard for me. I, I don't know why. Like Or, like, proper British. A Cockney is, is easier. So, that's hard. You what? <laughs> Bloody what, innit? Um, so, <laughs> that is tough. Like, um, if you listen back, Sister Gurele and Trilena, uh, Toblin's wife, they have, like, the same fucking voice. And both of them go from, like, what's supposed to be proper British to just my feminine voice. Just, like, basic female character. It, instead of yeah. Bradley, it would just turn into Brad Bradley. <laughs> and I would just start talking like this, and it would just be higher pitched. And I'd be like, fuck, this isn't British at all. <laughs> so I don't think I really did a great job. But one way to help is I'll write down a character's name and then I'll describe my accent. So if I, you know, Falcon, I would put gruff Australian. Um, Quinn, I would put, you know, 
uh, sort of masculine Irish and so forth. So Harbin, I would just be like, just imagine fat, cowardly Brit. And then, oh, he would just be scared of everything and then he'd be looking into the sky. See, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I was thinking of, uh, what's his name? Taft. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. like the, the president? No, oh, he was a president. Right? Yeah, yeah. Howard, yeah. yeah. Howard Taft? William Howard Taft? William Howard Taft was, is... Yeah, I think it's William H. Taft. Yeah, Taft. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's who I had in mind every time. He was like, I'm the president of the United States of America. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's how I imagined him. So I think... <laughs> it, so if you put, the, put pen to paper, that helps. And then also if you have the character's face in your mind's eye, that makes it easier. Um, at least for me. So... I guess that's how I attempted to keep track of them. Well, at least you have a method to the madness. Um, next up, we have a two-parter from Raven Walker. So the first part is, Luke, where did you find inspiration for the different voices of the NPCs? And then Thorin, <laughs> where did you find inspiration for Bradley's voice? Well, going off the same thing, the inspiration for the NPCs' voices is going to be what they look like. So... Quinn just being this this there's art for Quinn in the module and looking at him I was just like was it really yeah well and and usually like? there's something about D and D where certain races are oftentimes perceived with certain accents so a lot of orcs and half orcs are southerners uh, and like especially like a Texas accent a lot of dwarves are Scottish a lot of halflings are Irish etc cetera, etc cetera. and so I try not to do that for every accent. Um, you know, in comes Dazlin, the trash man, uh, who's a dwarf, and, and Arnold, the trash man. Um, but for Quinn, you know, it was like, this dude's going to be Irish, and that's that's just the way it is. So you kind of have to feel out the character, feel for what you want them to sound like. If if there's going to be a big bad, like Larabule, I wasn't going to have Larabule show up and be like, oh, Bradley, I gotcha. Um, and... <laughs> And I think I picked him because I, I knew he was going to say the words Bradley fucking copper. And I wanted him to do it in a Boston accent. So, like, for that one, I was just like, he's going to say Bradley fucking copper. And that's going to be it. And Bradley fucking copper. So you think about what the character is going to do, how they're going to be perceived, and then you kind of fit an accent to that. So the inspiration for Bradley's voice is actually really crazy. I have a story. I've never really told anybody this story. Um, when I was about seven years old you know i lived in um i lived in nevada um and i had this teacher and he you know he would he was, he was like my like first grade teacher like first grade right seven first grade makes sense sorry it's been it's been years you know <laughs> and he would always um he would always you know he he kind of had an accent and he would always you know talk like this um and sometimes he would roll his eyes and you know that 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 just stuck out with me um throughout my life and i was like man that's a really cool voice and i wanted to emulate that guy um and that's actually a complete lie i just made that up um i have no idea where i got bradley's voice from you bastard oh my god the the surprises never (laughs) Um, end the treachery (laughs) i have i have no idea where i got bradley's voice from i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do a standard you know foreign accent english speaking accent um from the isles you know so a little, little bit proper um because he did come from a wealthier family um but 
you know, who cares? I'm really know. glad you cleared that up because I like to think I know you pretty well. And I was like, where did this come yeah, from? Yeah, that, that was such a, <laughs> that was so, <laughs> so fake. <laughs> okay. Um, so the next one is from Aaron Bourgeois. Thorin, who is your favorite NPC and who is your least favorite? So I'm just going to go out of the way. Least favorite, um, least favorite. I want to say Larabule, um, cause you know, fuck that guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck that uh, guy. God, I hate him. Understandable. Um, but no, I think I hate him more on a, a, like a personal level, like just a dislike for who he is, not necessarily like from a game standpoint, like, oh yeah, I don't like that guy. I would definitely say my least favorite is probably Harbin, um, cause he's just, oh God. Fuck. No, no, not Harbin. That fucking farmer dude whose name I forgot. Big Al Calizorn. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. That piece of shit. Oh my god, he makes me so mad. You can hear me. Get, I'm so worked up right now. Fuck that guy. I hated him so much. There you go. Um, my favorite NPC. That's a good one. I I really liked the voices of um Wilhelm and Rabaya. <laughs> They were very funny to me. I really liked them. I really liked every interaction I had with them. Um, I also liked. Um, they I fucking also really died. Liked I love them. Falcon. I really liked Falcon. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, I would definitely say, probably a tie between um, Elsa and Quinn. Okay. You know, like they, they were, they're both the nearest and dearest to my heart, and I think that's just because they're the ones I interacted with the most. Right. Okay. So from Jack Dean. Which scene was the most unexpected for you and why? And I don't know if this is necessarily aimed at Luke or Thorin. So we're going to start with Luke Pro- and then we're going to go Thorin. Probably both of us. Okay. Um, so, I, you know, I talked a little bit about the things that Thorin threw at me that I wasn't expecting. And that was definitely unexpected. But I also, so some dungeon masters, some, you know, the guys who run the game, the people who run the game, some of them like to fudge roles when something really bad happens they're like i don't want that to happen it's gonna fuck with the story so they lie and i do not do that and so the biggest time i got surprised was because the dice surprised me and it's when seagull got cut in fucking half because i i had big plans for seagull thorin literally asked in the episode what was the point of that and my plan was seagull was gonna you know if he got hit he wasn't gonna die outright I was even going to have him get a little bit stronger as they leveled up, keep his ass alive so that Lairbule could kill him in front of Bradley because that would have just made you, <laughs> you would have hated Lairbule so much more if he killed Seagull, but Seagull got killed right then and there. It was like, you know, I rolled, I hit him. It was a barbarian orc, so he does a D12 plus three. Seagull had 13 HP and I rolled a 15, so he just dies outright. It was like, I, I, I'm, you could have given him a death save. I could have given him a death save, but he's a fucking crab, so I was like, eh. And, I mean, it shocked the hell out of me. I was surprised, but... Honestly, that was the most unexpected scene for me, too. Like, I know the Quinn scene was definitely um, unexpected, but there were definitely setups to that. The seagull scene, oh my god, that just fucking got me. That got me out of left fucking field. I Like, after we were done recording, I let Luke have it. Oh, he was mad. Like, I was he, so pissed off that day. Yeah, I mean, he, I was would, so he was mad. I was like, what, what was the he goddamn... He was mad about Quinn. I was mad for like a week after that. I was like, what was the well, goddamn... That's true, scene? that's true. <laughs> like You were emotional. Yeah. He was madder at me about Seagull than he was about Quinn. So that was, that was interesting. He loved that crab. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Everybody loved that crab. I love that crab. I feel like everybody loved that crab. He was a fan favorite for sure. (laughs) 
Um, so from Audrey Carlton, Thorin, what was the moment where it all changed? It it says intentionally vague, so hmm. Um Probably when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> um, Good one. Yeah, Topical. I saw that coming. No, I it all changed for me probably the Manticore fight. Because, like, you know, the first mission um, with the Mimic, I did that pretty easily. And then literally the second mission I go out, and it's like, oh, by the way, there's a Mana Core. And I'm like, I'm level two right now. What do you mean there's a Mana Core? And it's like, I, you know, I got so close to dying, and I was like, okay, this uh, module's a bit harder than I thought. Better, you know, not get used to Bradley. That's okay. Um, and then I went down, of course, in the literal next mission. Um but yeah, no, definitely Manticore Fight was where everything changed for me, for sure. Okay. So um, from huge, <laughs> huge erection, <laughs> were there any MILFs? Uh, that's the whole question? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, Luke's the one who... Were, uh, I, I, were I, I typically, any, I imagine... Were there any MILFs? TBH. Mm. Okay. Wh- that dwarven blacksmith lady. She wasn't dwarven, she was human. Oh, she was human? She was just Scottish. <laughs> Uh, I thought, okay, I imagine there's like a short dwarven lady. Well, was she a milf? Um, so, all right, so Lenine, Lenine Greywind, she, she's probably old enough to be a G-milf. Um, Oof, a gilf. Yeah, so she could have been a milf. And then, I, what's, Bradley's mom's an elf, right? Yeah. So she's a melf. <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe she's not, but I mean, it, her son, we know her son's good looking, Usually, you know, genetically, yeah. that's how it works. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Bradley's mom was probably a MILF. Not too many MILFs in this. Huh? I just love that that's a question. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Hugh. Thanks, Hugh. Real big fan out there. <laughs> thanks, <Yeah>. Mr. Erection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> um, from Stephen Huey, Thorin, what was your idea behind building Bradley the way you did? Um, straight up, I didn't really have an idea. I've played a bard, like, once, and I was like, how's, like, in what way can I make him the most helpful, you know? And so I, I just chose uh, the, the spells and stuff that would, um, that I felt would make him, you know, able to assist people in combat, you know? Didn't do too much of that, truth be told. I kind of went out with the same mindset that I normally do of like, ah, go out and fight. And, you know, I realized that's not a good idea, and that's why I got the crossbow. Um, and then, you know, later on, I was like, especially after the one versus nine fight, I was like, this guy's not built for combat at all. Um, and so I, I was very thankful when I got um, the t- when I was able, when I leveled up, when I was able to get those two wizard spells. Oh, my God, that was, that was clutch. <laughs> that was fucking clutch. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there wasn't really much thought into building Bradley. I just kind of made him how I wanted to. That's usually how I play my characters. And usually, you know, I end up fine. Um, sometimes not so But much. you've also, you've never been in a one-man campaign yeah, I've never been that. in a one-man campaign before, so. Okay, so I'm going to actually ask my own question, just because. So, oh. since you have never been in, like, a one-man campaign, I mean, yes, we know, like, there were some, like, unexpected tidbits. There was stuff that you were fully expecting. And like, you know, what, I don't know, what was the biggest thing you learned, I guess, is what I'd like to ask. The biggest thing that I learned, mm-hmm. um, that 
even though I'm really talking to only one person, with my imagination, I can pretend like it's multiple people. That's really heartwarming. I don't, I don't really, I mean, I mean, a, a one person campaign, I've, I've DM'd one before. Um, so it's not, it's not my first experience with it, but it's definitely, I've learned, but that, that one was kind of a struggle for me, you know, like I was trying, I was, I was, it was kind of hard to like keep focus for the player. So it's like, I've definitely learned now that a one on one campaign can be engaging. Um, and it can be exciting. You know, it does, it doesn't, you don't have to have multiple people working with each other to have an, an, an exciting adventure. Um, you can just have two people. And that's ultimately my biggest takeaway with everything. Adventure is out there. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. And I think that's that speaks volumes to the module itself because I think Wizards of the Coast released this invent- adventure because there's so much talk about how, well, you need at least three people in a party. Yeah. Right? Or, or it's not going to be fun. You're going to get your ass kicked. And Wizards was like, but that's not really what we made D&D for. Like, it could be two people. Absolutely. And and so I'm glad we ran it. I'm glad that, you know, somebody listening at home right now could say, well, shit, I've got one friend I could play with. Let's go fucking run this module together. Hell yeah. Let's yeah. fuck it up. Okay. Um, this question comes from Cody Jeff, and I feel like he's saying what we're all thinking. This is this is what we want to know. We're getting to the nitty gritty. So this is, this is multi-parts. What happens to Siegel? Will he get reincarnated? Was he even really a crab? Does he find crustacean racist? Is his horoscope cancer? <laughs> I feel like we need an entire series on Siegel. Hmm. His his horoscope. I mean, truth be told, to that last bit, like I would totally, I would totally do a, a Siegel prequel for sure. Ooh, Maybe we could do a one shot, like a Siegel centric prequel. Um. So, all right. His his horoscope is definitely uh, a cancer. He. No, nah, I picked up Virgo vibes from him. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, uh, he's a big fan of the Titanic, so he likes Leo. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, is crustacean racist? Was that a part of the question? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't... He, I mean, I don't think he had many crab friends because he was a talking crab, so he found most of them pretty stupid. So he might have been a racist crustacean, honestly. Mm. A crustaceist, if you will. Uh, uh, I'll see my way out. Get the fuck off the stage! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what was the other question? Is he going to be reincarnated? No, he's dead. He went to crab heaven. Yeah, he was. He's chopped. Yeah, D and D is a world of many heavens and many hells, and he he went to crab heaven. So, I don't think there's a crab. No, no, he went to crab heaven. I mean, but we don't know Seagull's past. He could have went to crab hell. No, what the know. fuck? Such, no. a, such, a, such a precious mouth. I'm just saying, he could have been a sinner, dude. Like, um, as far I as... Hope that, I hope that answers Cody's question. I hope so, too. I, I hope um, somehow in that answer he found what he was looking for. Um, Amen. But <laughs> as far as um, audience questions, that's what I've got. Um, Hell yeah. Do you guys have any questions for each other? Yeah, Thorne, where do you get off? Um, I just like having a fun time, man. You know, that's that's my answer to that. Um, <laughs> here here's my question for you, Thorne. Okay. What is going on in uh, season two of Modular? What's going on in season two? Ooh, <laughs> um, big things. You know, um, 
a much a much things. bigger adventure. Much much bigger things. Yeah, no, this is a much bigger uh, module than the the last one. This is actually going to take place before uh, Dragon of Icefire Peak. It's going to be ta- taking place in the Tyranny of Dragons that we've talked about a few times. It was very intentionally mentioned in the first se- season. Yeah, very intentionally mentioned in the first season. Yeah, um, so it's like. Definitely going to be some stuff going on with the dragon cult. Um, there's going to be stuff going on with uh, the dragon goddess Tiamat. Ooh. Um, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of tyranny, a lot of destruction, a lot of fear. Um, and so, is the tyranny of dragons just one module? No. So the tyranny of dragons is actually two modules. It is the module Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat combined. Um, so it is, so it's essentially two campaigns. Okay, so we're going from season one, which is a 15-page book, to, uh, uh, like a magazine, essentially, yeah. to, what, a 400-page story? I would not say 400 pages. It's more like two light novels. Like, more like two novellas. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I mean, D&D okay. books are also very, like, compact, so there's, like, a lot of information per page, so... It could it could That's essentially true. be the length of a single novel, both stories put together. You know. Okay. Well, awesome. Yeah. So uh, you're DMing. I'm, yeah, I'm very excited. I haven't DM'd and... in a minute. Like it's been a hot minute. So I'm very excited uh, to get back in the game. Uh, hope I'm shake the dust off. Yeah, shake the dust off. Get the cobwebs out of the old brain. Um, hopefully, I won't be too rusty. Hopefully, this will be a good time for everyone. Um, Within all my planning, I've got some great things going on for y'all. I've actually got notes on all of the characters that are going on right now. This sounds spicy. Yeah, Luke's going to be a character. Yeah, so I'm going to be a character. I'm going to be just playing one dude. Um, and I'm not going to tell you too much about him, but I'm excited to play him. I'm excited for him. I still have trouble pronouncing his name, though, but we'll get onto that later. You don't know how to pronounce his name? It's weir- it's, it is difficult for me, yes. It's hard to pronounce... Without the accent, I'll say that. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll give one quick tease. He's doing a Russian accent. I'll be doing a Russian accent for the entire campaign. Should be exhausting. You should start practicing now. Oh, in the car, I will just start doing it, and I'll say, I hope this sounds all right. I hope I don't fuck up. Oh, my God. I don't want to sound too much like Borat. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, Hey, shout out to my boy Sasha Baron Cohen. Get us on, get on the show with us. He got nominated. He did. He didn't win. He he shouldn't have won though. It was I'm glad Daniel Kaluuya won. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm playing somebody, but then we're gonna have two new cast members. Yeah, two new cast members. Uh, I think we've announced them on our Twitter. Yeah, maybe, probably. Um, probably. Raven Walker and Jack Dean. They both asked questions for today. They'll be joining yeah. us. You're gonna meet them here in just a few weeks and yeah very you're gonna hear about their characters you're gonna hear about my character and we'll we'll have a great session zero for you very excited i'm really excited oh i'm so excited (laughs) yeah i'm fucking excited i i ooh, Um, i can't wait i'm actually so here's here's something that i'm gonna do i'm actually uh creating a sort of like a prelude to the campaign um prelude Prelude. I don't know how to prelude. It. It's a music term. Yeah, prelude. Anyway, um, God, I've butchered that word. Did you hear it? Prelude. Jesus yeah. Christ. Anyway, yeah, I'm creating a prelude to the 
campaign. It's like a one shot. Um, really is to see the synergy between the characters um, and kind of to like tie them into the story. Like why would they be going to the place that they're going in the first place? You know what I'm saying? So we, we're going to record that. We might release it, might not. Who knows? Let's see if people are interested. Hell yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys have a uh, big season planned ahead for us. Oh, I'm so fucking excited. I'm excited, too. I'm excited to not be in charge. I'm ready. To, I'm literally ready. Every bit of stress and anxiety you gave me this season, Luke, oh, I'm so ready to give it back to you tenfold. I'm excited to be Ooh. stressed. Bradley might not be vengeful, but I sure Ooh. am. <laughs> oh, I'm nice. so ready. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think that's just going to be about it for us here on our yeah. our first season one recap, or our first recap. Yeah, I think that wraps us up, doesn't it? Um, any closing thoughts? Mm, I love you both. Oh, this is, this is, oh. after the violence of season <laughs> one, I'm not ready for this wholesome, like this love that's happening right here. That just got real tender. Yeah. Uh, well, it's okay. You know, this is the just about the only oh, yeah. wholesome that's going to happen. That is not so, true. Because season two's season two's everything I've read so far hasn't been too wholesome. So no, but but the characters uh, we're going to have a tight bond of three, and it's going to be powerful. Um, and I'm gonna and my character is going to be so fucking cool. You don't even know. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see where y'all go with your characters, like straight up. Um. Oh yeah. My closing statements. I. You know, I, I started this on a whim. I said, hey, let's make a podcast to Luke. And he was like, okay, let's do it. Make sure you're committed. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, I've gotten a new job since we started. I've moved since we started. Um, I'm very excited to continue this. I'm very excited to see where we go from here. And I'm excited to not be in charge of a story when I'm in my last year of law school and when I'm studying for the bar. Yeah, that's going to be nice. Hell yeah. Well, I'm just pleased to be here. I'm so happy to see that you guys are growing, not only in your personal life, but your educational journeys as well. This is just going to be great, and I think that good things are to follow. Hell yeah. Ooh, giving us a little <laughs> oh sexy dance there, Luke, huh? All right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, that wraps it up. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. And you'll see us for a new season in two weeks. Modular is Thorne George and Luke Job. Holly Lyons is our fantastic editor. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music, and you can find his website link in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at ModThePod, join our private Facebook group at The Modular Podcast, 
Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, all at The Modular Podcast. Here's a quick shout-out to Stephanie Job, Sarah Manning, and Travis Beckelheimer, who all follow us on Facebook and are a part of that aforementioned Facebook group. If you want a shout-out like them, maybe you should follow us on Facebook, too. Once again, thank you so much for all the support we've received. This first season has been so much fun to make, and in general, we're having a blast. We're so glad to have Holly on board, and season two is going to be awesome. And y'all made season one so awesome, so season two, a bigger adventure, higher stakes, more players. It's going to be really exciting, and I think you're really going to like Thor and his DM. It's going to shake things up. So, new new episodes come out every Tuesday, and until then, thank you for listening to Modular.